This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars. I would like to share with you in this podcast a segment, an excerpt of my interview with Rachel Wall titled Return on Hygiene, How to Uncover the Hidden Potential in Your Hygiene Team. Our expert is Rachel Wall. So Rachel, uh, she's drawing from over 25 years of experience as a clinical hygienist and hygiene profitability coach. Rachel helps dentists and their teams elevate hygiene services and systems while increasing profitability and career satisfaction. As an international speaker and owner of Inspired Hygiene, she's presented for numerous organizations, including the Yankee Dental Congress, the ADA, Hinman, and Chicago Midwinter. She is a past recipient of the Dental Excellence Award from drbicuspit.com for Most Effective Dental Hygienist educator and has been named one of the top 25 women in dentistry by Dental Products Report. And I can say I know Rachel personally. She's a wonderful person and her Inspired Hygiene program uh, is, is second to none. And everybody I hear that works with Rachel, this high, high reviews, high, high remarks, um, great profitability and satisfaction. So love Rachel. Uh, it's all yours. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with your study club, and uh, we're going to have a good time together. Uh, all right, so you may look at this photo here and see the little thumbtack marks in here, and that'll tell you a couple things about this photo. One is this was actually taken with a real camera back in the day before we were taking all of our photos with an iPhone. And, uh, and another reason why this photo is really special to me is obviously what's in the background, right? Anytime any of us have a photo uh, of ourselves with the Twin Towers, it immediately becomes a piece of memorabilia that's really special um, to all of us. But the other reason why this is a really special photo to me is because of the women that are in this photo with me. And this was back in 1996, and uh, I still remember this trip. These were three dentists that I had the privilege to work with back then. Uh, Dr. Weiss is there standing next to me in the middle. She was the practice owner. And then uh, Dr. Robinson and Dr. Gammons were there uh, beside me, and they were associates in the practice at that time, and I was, I was one of their hygienists. And, uh, gosh, I learned so much in this practice. This was about year five um, of my career, a second practice that I had worked in. And we were in New York City for a CE program. And it was not the Greater New York meeting or, you know, um, a, a big me dental meeting that has something for every team member. This was actually a CE that they brought us to that was at a dental lab. And, you know, they could have just brought the dentist and maybe the dental assistants, but instead they offered this opportunity to the whole team. And we had a great time learning. We had a great time having fun in the city. And this was just one of the ways that they invested in me and they invested in the hygiene department and invested in the whole practice. And so I think that they got a good return on that investment. You know, for the practice, it was thriving. It was very busy. It was very profitable and productive. They had ways for us as team members to benefit from that profitability through bonuses and things like that. Um, it was, they got a great return on that investment for their patients uh, because we always were on the cutting edge. We 
you know, we're, we're one of the first practices in Chapel Hill to have digital x-rays. And, uh, you know, even back when there was a huge learning curve and they weren't um, the, the, the quality of what they are now, we were still always looking at that new technology and, and really upping our game for our patients. And there was also a big return in their investment for us, for the hygienists in the practice, because their investment in us made us want to give more to that practice and more to them. And we felt engaged, we felt challenged, we felt cared about, and we felt like we were a true part of the team. So their investment in us, I think, garnered a huge return for them, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. So you've heard the term return on investment. Um, tonight we're going, to call, we're going to talk about return on hygiene. So no matter what your role is in the practice, you invest in the hygiene department, right? Um, if you're an administrator in the team, you invest in that hygiene department every time you make an appointment verification call, every time you um, schedule a patient for a hygiene procedure, every time you talk to a patient and they have a question about what the hygienist recommended, maybe it's periotherapy, and you really um, support that decision and help answer that patient's questions, you're investing in the hygiene department. And we believe that those investments, no matter what your role is uh, in the practice, should create a strong return for the patient, first and foremost, for the providers in the practice, and specifically tonight for the hygienists, and also a, a big return for the practice as a whole. So we're going to focus on a few different areas that really are going to help create that return and some things that you can do to, to make that investment really um, work for you. So I want to ask you first to just think about what is your vision for your hygiene department. You know, what is your vision for the hygiene department? And I'd love for you, if you don't already, to just take out a pad of paper or a little scrap of paper that you might have beside you and just jot down a few thoughts here. Um, if you had to think about it, what would you want, what do you want your hygiene department to be for your patients? Right, so think about that just for a minute. What do you want your hygiene department to be for your patients? Okay, and next, what do you want your hygiene department to be for your providers? So this one is a little bit more tricky to kind of think about, but um, let's think about the hygienist specifically. What do you want that hygiene department to be for the hygienists? You know, do you want it to be a place where their career can grow, where they feel empowered and engaged? What do you want, what do you want it to be for them? And then lastly, what do you want your hygiene department to be for your practice? What do you want it to create? What do you want it to uh, develop? What do you want it to be for your practice? So if you look at all those things together, that's really your vision. That's, that's your vision. That's your philosophy for that hygiene department if you, if you put all of those things together. And so then it's always good when we create these visions and we, we think about what do we want to be for every once in a while for us to kind of get a reality check, right, to, to really see um, what is what we're doing, are we really living up to our vision? Are we, are we seeing tangible results that are reflecting our vision? And there are a few different ways that we can find that out. You know, some of the things that you might say um, you wanted your hygiene department to be is, you know, let's say uh, I, was, I was teaching recently in Oklahoma and somebody said that they wanted their hygiene department to be the source for knowledge about, you know, all things dental for their patients. Well, that's a little bit hard to measure, right? But there are some things that you can measure. 
And if we believe that hygiene is the backbone of the practice, these are kind of some of the key metrics that we measure when we evaluate hygiene departments for, you know, what, what type of growth potential do they have? And also, as we look at the clients that we get to work with and how are they progressing, these are some of those industry standards that we look at. You know, one is their open time. Are they tracking at 10% or less open time in the hygiene department? Perio percentage, you know, are they at 35% or more um, of their clinical hygiene procedures being perio-related? And what about restorative treatment? You know, is 60% of restorative treatment being discussed and enrolled in hygiene? And then finally, what about profitability, right? Is the hygiene department not only productive, but is it actually profitable? Is hygiene producing um, three or more times what the hygiene's com compensation is? So these are some of those benchmarks that we see, and these are some of the ways that we can measure, you know, how well are we doing with our vision? You know, some of those intangibles are a little bit more about, um, you know, maybe the relationships with the patients, and, and some of that can be measured with patients that are referring back to you, uh, patients that keep their appointments, patients that say yes to treatment, and then other things can be measured more specifically like this, whether it's production or it's a number that we can really calculate. So just think about that. Is, is it time to do a reality check with, uh, you know, your vision on the practice, and is what you're investing in the practice really creating a strong return? And bottom line, it's all about our patients, right? Is, you know, we talk about um, some of these numbers, some of these stats. Sometimes it's production. Sometimes it's enrollment. But really the goal is to make sure that we're doing the very best thing for our patients. And these numbers are a way for us to gauge that, right? So I just want to make sure that we all are on the same page, that all these things that we're talking about tonight are in an effort to really serve our patients in the very best way that we can. So what we're going to focus on tonight, what I believe is that if these three things can really come together and support one another, then you can see that strong return on your hygiene investment. So these are the, these are the three areas that we're going to look at this evening and kind of work through. So when we work with practices, and Alex, I bet you guys could say, could say the same thing, obviously you want to hit that sweet spot where uh, you have, you know, just enough open time on the schedule to accommodate, you know, periotherapy and new patients and, um, you know, the things that you really want to have in the schedule to create your ideal day. And that's, that's the sweet spot. That's the ideal. A lot of times what we see, though, is practices either show up where their hygiene department is like a ghost town, right? I say that there are tumbleweeds rolling through the hall and everybody's trying to look busy because they're not sure why there's so much open time and everybody's kind of scrambling to figure it out and sometimes we're calling that same list of patients over and over. Uh, and then the other extreme to that is Grand Central where you've got so many patients that you can't even get them in and sometimes maybe you, you shorten hygiene appointments just because you've got someone that's begging to get in and you just, you know they really need to be there and you just kind of try to cram that appointment in there somewhere. And these two situations have their pluses and their minuses. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the downside of open time is just that, is that you can be super productive when you are with a patient in your chair, but then if you've got two hours of open time, it's just going to kill your productivity, right? Whereas with Grand Central, one of the negatives is that while you might be super busy, um, when appointment times get shortened, particularly in hygiene, what we see is actually more time is spent on scaling and less time is spent on diagnostics. So you might be busy, 
but hygiene may not have the opportunity to really enroll high-level care to really educate the patient to the restorative treatment that they're seeing that's needed. And so it's just it's just this it's just this hamster wheel, right? So so there's some pros and cons to each of these, and it's important to kind of know where you are and know where where you're going and what you want to do to kind of fix the situation. The nice thing about open time is if you want to grow your practice, right, if you want to see a lot of new patients, you've got room for that. And also, let's say that maybe you don't have a really strong period program and you want to implement one. Well, you have time to get those patients back. You, you know, they're not going to be waiting for six weeks. You can get them in right away and get that periodontal disease treated. You know, obviously, the plus with uh, Grand Central is that there is a lot of patient flow, but the downside of it is that, you know, the opposite is true. If you want to, a lot of times, because you're so busy and there haven't been diagnostics, there might be a lot of patients that are just getting propies when they really need periotherapy. And even if you do recommend it, you know, are, are, does it really make sense for them to wait six weeks to come back in? So a lot of times those are the cycles that kind of get, you get caught up in, and it's, it's important to try to break that. So we work with teams to help you do that as well. So one of the questions we hear a lot is, and, and this can kind of come from, practices that are at either end of that spectrum is, you know, we've got these new patients coming in, but why aren't we adding any hygiene days? So in the promo for this course, I talked about the four critical things that you need to have in place with your scheduling to really make sure that your days are productive and you're, you're growing your hygiene department. So, so here they are. So the first one is to look at this, this net patient gain, right? So you can have a whole lot of new patients come in, but as you can see, from this number right here, if you have more new more patients falling out of the schedule than you have coming in in that month, then you're going to have a negative, right? So you can spend all this money on marketing, and a lot of times people think, well, is the reason why we're not seeing growth is it because we're not we're not we're doing something wrong with the new patients? Um, that could be it, or it could just be that you've got more people kind of falling through the sieve than you're bringing in the door, right? So you might have more patients that are falling out of recare because we haven't really paid attention to hygiene reappoints um, and we haven't really paid close attention to our reactivation or recare or we're not quite sure exactly how to do that. And I know um, that the folks at All Star do a really great job with, you know, what to say, how to say it, um, how to really communicate those things over the phone and have some really good processes, processes around this reactivation and that kind of thing. So really lean on that because this is a huge piece. So this is this is some graph, and you're gonna you're gonna see more of this. We um, have started utilizing a practice analytics system called Dental Intel. There are several of these systems out there now, and they're all really great because they take the complex reports and things that are in your you know your software system, and they really just extract this raw data and they create these dashboards that are really easy to see, and it's really easy to get what this data is telling you. So as you can see here, if we look at this zero number, right, this is zero net patient gain, we want this little jaggedy line, we want it to always be above zero. That means you're always adding to the number of patients in your practice, which is going to translate into adding more hygiene days over time, right? So this is something that you want to know. You want to know what is our net patient gain, and that is essentially the new patients minus the number of patients that have fallen out of recare. So, you know, maybe this month, you had 100 patients or 50 patients that now just dropped into the 18 months or over that, it, that, you know, are overdue. The other thing is status change. You know, patients that have called you and said, 
you know, my husband passed away or we're moving or we decided to change dentists for whatever reason, right, that's going to have a negative gain. So you always want to be offsetting that with more new patients than you have uh, patients that are falling out, okay? So that's one reason why sometimes you might see, you might not see any growth there. Here's some other interesting things to look at. Oh, and what might have changed in this period because they're above, you know, zero is that they really got focused on their systems. They started looking at, okay, what about these patients that maybe we weren't focusing on reappointing them, right, for their next hygiene, and so we were constantly having to reactivate patients, and that just takes a lot of time and effort that's not necessary. You know, it could be four or five different things that they put into place, but you notice what they did really is it was closing that back door, so to speak, as we always talk about, right? They had about the same number of new patients, but they had a lot fewer patients that were falling out of recare. So the other thing to look at, number two, is new patient conversion, right? So when these patients come in, you can see in this graph here on the right, is there were 93 new patients and 47 of those pre-appointed, right? So 51%, obviously you actually want that to be higher. But let's look at what um, some of these practices that Dental Intel surveyed, about 2,000 practices, what are some of the stats that they're showing us? Well, the national average was about 42% in new patient conversion. The top 10% of this 2,100 practices was at 63%, and the bottom 10 was at 21%. So I would definitely say the 21% to look at, A, you know, how are we getting these patients? Are, are we attracting these patients in a way that is encouraging them to stay? Or are we attracting them in a way that they're shopping and they're going to come for our low-price deal, and then maybe they're going to go to the next dentist for the next low price deal. Um, also, you know, what are we doing for the patients while they're there? How are we, how are we creating a really great experience for them? Um, so I would say this top 10%, about 60%, I mean, obviously you want to retain 100%, but I think if you're anywhere in that, you know, 70% range, that that's probably pretty good. Um, the next thing, and this is a big one, big one, is hygiene reappoint. And most practices feel like they're at 90%. And what this means is, you know, patients in the chair today for hygiene and you reappoint them for their next hygiene visit before they leave, right? Where in reality, the survey found that, you know, the national average was about 77%. Um, I think your goal should be at least 90% um, on that reappoint, right? And really what we're doing is we're assuming that they're going to schedule the next appointment. So instead of saying, would you like to schedule your next hygiene visit? It is, hey, let's go ahead. I noticed you came at 9 this morning. You know, in October, I've got a 9 o'clock again on another Tuesday. Looks like the perfect spot for you. What do you say? So then all of a sudden, you're really guiding them to that time that works best. And, you know, if they say, well, I'd really rather come in at 8.30, and you see patients at 8, 9, and 10, then you can say, you know what? We actually have 8 or 9. Which one of those times works best for you? And so, again, you're directing them to that, and you're really assuming that they're going to make that next visit. Um, obviously, you're going to have maybe some college kids that aren't going to want to reappoint, or, or maybe, you know, you have a snowbird, which, you know, actually you could reappoint them for next year if you needed to. Um, I've done that before, and even, even booked multiple perio maintenance visits. I'm sure everybody's done that from time to time to make sure you get that spot. Uh, but just take a look at this. So. Assume that you have 2,000 patients. Let's say you start with 2,000 patients in recare, okay? If you reappoint 70% of those, 
in six months, and 70% seems like a pretty good number, but look at this. In six months, after reappointing 70% of those, you're now down to 1,400 patients in recare, okay? Now, if you reappoint 70% of those, then six more months, you're down to 980. You've now all of a sudden cut your, you have cut your recare pool in half in a year's time. Now, you know, these numbers probably give or take, you know, 50 or 60 patients, but that is really pretty dramatic. So I would really encourage you to look at your reappoint percentage and uh, really, really do whatever it takes to find out uh, what that number is in a really, really accurate way. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.